When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Auburn Live podcast, your home for bold, insightful, and honest conversations around Auburn athletics. Where you go? All right, welcome in to another Auburn Live show. Appreciate everybody joining us. I am Justin Hokinson from AuburnLive.com, part of the On3 Sports Network. Um, if you're not a member of AuburnLive.com, please go subscribe. It's an awesome uh, site that we're building, um, and it's going to be fantastic. We've already had a great first few months um, of building it. So um, signing day is coming up. Uh, obviously, football is getting into that time of year where, um, you know, Iron Bowl and, and staff changes potentially, like who knows. So it's a, it's a good time to be a part of the site, AuburnLive.com. All right, with us today, a very special guest, um, professional golfer, Auburn fan extraordinaire, um, Jason Duffner, who I've I've been trying to catch up with for a while, man. I'm I'm super pumped that he's a uh, gonna be on the show with us today. Jason, man, what's up? Yeah, not much. Thanks for having me. Um, I'm excited to talk about a little bit about what's going on with me and dive into some Auburn football, maybe some Auburn basketball, all all those types of things. And glad to support what you're doing. Um, and you know, I don't do many of these. I know these podcasts and these video things have become super popular. So. This is kind of my first step into uh, the big kids' pool, so to speak, with these types of things. Yeah, man, I'm 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 excited to have you. It's uh, yeah, it's become you know easy. Like we just record on Zoom and plug the audio in, and and then take it and put it on YouTube and uh, work from not bad. Yeah, <laughs> it works for home. everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Um, all right. Yeah, let's start with well, we're definitely going to talk mostly for Auburn football, Auburn basketball. Uh, but real quick, just catch people up on what you got going on. How's life been lately? Um, and uh, what's new with you, man? Yeah, so um, this is kind of our off season. Golf has kind of a short off season, usually, you know, right around Thanksgiving through the first of the year. Um, this year, a little bit different for me. I just had a stem cell procedure done in my left shoulder. Um, I've had a nagging kind of arthritic condition. Um, nothing that would require surgery, but, um, it's kind of been an issue actually since 2015, um, you kind of manage it and do the best you can, but kind of noticed that it's, you know, becoming more and more of an issue. Um, and I think it, it certainly affects what I do day in and day out a little bit with, with my golf swing and my ability to do what I want to do with my golf swing. So I've had that cleaned up. Um, so I'm kind of no golf now for about six weeks, which will, Maybe it'd be nice. We'll see. I've never really had that luxury. I've always been, you know, practicing and playing and preparing. Um, so I've got no real golf activity for six weeks. Uh, a lot of physical therapy, rehab workouts. Um, as far as, you know, what I'm doing with my career and stuff, I'm, I'm still on the tour. I've, I've lost my full status. Um, I've struggled the last couple of years. Um, but, you know, I'm still pretty committed to trying to play at a high level. Um, you know, I still do the things I feel like I need to do to get better uh, each and every day. Kind of kind of what Brian Harson talks about. That's one of the great things I like about Harson is, is we're pretty similar on that. He's very process-orientated. 
one day at a time. If you prepare and do these things, you know, over a course of a period of time, you'll have some success. So I'm still pretty dedicated to my golf uh, right now. I'm uh, a little bit on the sidelines, so to speak, but I'm looking forward to next year. Um, you know, I'll get 15 to 20 starts, something like that. I'm in a past champions category, which will probably get me about 10 starts out of that category. Um, I've got five events that I've won on the tour that will get me into those events that wouldn't necessarily be part of those 10. So that's 15. And then hopefully I'll write some letters and can receive some sponsor exemptions for events that I'm, you know, participated in a lot in the past um, and, and send my resume out there. So a little bit different for me. I've had the luxury of, you know, being fully exempt and doing my schedule and how I want, when I wanted to play, which events. Um, so I got to kind of fight a little bit more for it. And uh, we'll see how that goes. It's new for me. You know, I may like the fact that I only have to play 15 to 20 events. Um, it may be refreshing. I may be, um, you know, more appreciative of the opportunities when they come because it, it, it's not, you know, uh, an every week thing for me. Um, and we'll see how the year goes. And, and um, you know, that's kind of where I'm at. Um, yeah. I have a great career over the last, you know, 10 or 12 years. I played really good golf. Um, done some, you know, when I started as a professional in 2000, I've pretty much clicked every box, um, that I can think of, you know, winning tournaments, being part of the PGA tour, playing Ryder cups, playing president's cups, uh, winning a major clicked a lot of the boxes, you know, that I set out to. So I've been, I've been fortunate with that, but I still think that I have some good golf left in me. Yeah. Golf, man, that's one, I mean, it's one of those sports that I always, I mean, I play casually, right? But like, that's one of those ones that just watching it over the years, I guess it's different than other sports. I mean, it's different in the same. You just can't press it, right? Like if you're going through something, you know, I guess in some sports you can exert more effort and, right. and you know, like football, you know, maybe there's, maybe there's times where you're just like, I'm going to give everything I've got and I'm going to, you know, create harder. You can't do that. In golf. Like golf, you just, yeah. you can't just be like, all right, I'm going to, I'm just going to buckle down and, it just doesn't, you know, you just don't, you can't turn it on and off, I guess, like that. Unfortunately, with golf, um, I think one of the things people don't realize is that sometimes the hard work and the preparation don't always equal the results that you want. Um, there's a lot of factors that go into playing well. Um, there is some luck involved with the game of golf. Um, a lot of times guys execute shots how they want to and you know they missed a factor maybe the wind was a little bit stronger maybe the green was a little bit less receptive maybe you misjudged the lie that you had and and every shot has very drastic consequences if not executed uh, properly and we don't have any teammates out there you know if I'm having a bad day <laughs> Um, you know, I can't rely on the defense to maybe play a little bit better and, and keep us, keep me in the game. Um, I can't rely on a wide receiver to make an amazing play and score a touchdown. Um, so it, it's tough. I think, um, you know, as I've gotten older, it's become a little bit tougher. I think things that used to be easy and maybe that I took for granted aren't quite as easy as they used to be. Um, I think that's the truth for all athletes. Um, as you get older, things that used to come, uh, you know, very casually become a little bit tougher. Sometimes the consistency isn't there. I think the consistency has been the hardest thing for me. Um, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I played in Houston. I felt really good going into the week. I shot uh, four under the first day, was in fourth place. Um, 
feeling good about my game, feeling good about how the week had started. Um, went and played Friday and, you know, shot, I think, 76 and missed the cut by one. So um, just just the consistency is, is becomes more difficult. So we'll see. Um, golf's become a little bit more of a young man's game. I think five, you know, five to ten years ago, guys were doing really well in their mid-30s to early 40s. Um, you see a lot of guys in their 20s um, coming right out of college or, you know, two or three years having a lot of success. So that's kind of, you know, bumped maybe the the – 40 plus guys into a little bit different space uh, mentally. I think it's, it's, it's more difficult. You don't see a lot of guys, you know, at my age, early forties to fifties, having a lot of success, obviously Phil Mickelson last year winning a major, but he's a generational talent, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I, I still enjoy competing and playing. I still enjoy the challenge of the game and trying to be as good as I can be. How good is that? How does that compare to the rest of the PGA Tour? Hasn't been that great the last couple of years, but I feel like um, on certain weeks, on certain golf courses, if I'm healthy um, and uh, I can compete and, and have some good weeks and maybe get another win or two in, the, in these kind of twilight years of my golfing career. Yeah, gosh, man, I, we, I could talk. We could have a whole separate um, <laughs> show on, on golf. Uh, but w- one more question before we move on to Auburn. What? Because uh, somebody brought it up on our message board, and when I told him, "Hey, I'm gonna talk to 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 Jason Duffner," what, what do you you know? Is there anything you want to throw out? And somebody asked, like, long term, like, do you just want to keep playing Champions Tour, or 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 is there like a point where maybe you would want to do something different with your life, or are you just like, hey, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna when it's the age limit, whatever, I'm gonna move on to the next next uh, tour or what? Yeah, I've always talked about you know I feel like when you know you're done, you're done. Um, with golf, obviously, it's a little different. There is the Champions Tour, which I'd be fully exempt for and could play if need be. But, um, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Right now, um, I just kind of take it year by year, and I still feel like I can play pretty competitively um, on the PGA Tour. Um, you know, maybe there'll be a day where I don't feel that way and I take some time off. And maybe I don't miss the game of golf. I don't know. I've never been in that position. So, um, you know, I'd have to see when, when I step away from playing the PGA tour, um, maybe I won't ever want to play competitively again, or, you know, maybe a year off and I'll have that itch again to get back out and be competitive. Um, when you're a professional athlete and certainly as a professional golfer, all you really do is focus on your profession, you know, like 85, 90% of my focus is what I need to do to play good golf. Um, so I've never really thought about like, what would I do if golf wasn't part of my life? I have interests, I have other things, but I don't know if I would enjoy doing them or not. Um, I've just always been so involved with golf. It's been such a big part of my life. It's hard for me to answer, um, yeah. you know, percent accurate, you know, this is how things will play out. Yeah. I was and I was lying about uh, last question. How excited were you about uh, just watching the, the the guys win win the Ryder Cup in the, in the fashion they did recently? I mean, just, just blitzed them. Yeah, I've been. I was part of one Ryder Cup um, in two thousand. What was that? Two thousand twelve? No, yeah, two thousand twelve, Chicago. And uh, we we had a lead and lost uh, the Ryder Cups. 
completely different than any other golfing event that I've played in. Um, I love the team atmosphere. I felt very comfortable uh, on the Thursdays and for Fridays and Saturday matches where you had a teammate, you know, that was, that was refreshing to me Sunday uh, when you're on by yourself and alone was, was extremely challenging, but I was happy for the guys. Uh, a lot of the guys on the team I'm friends with. Um, I think the Americans can probably put a pretty good run together. We've got a lot of young guys that are in their mid twenties to early thirties that are uh, extremely competitive and uh, extremely good at golf. And I think we can put a run together over the next, you know, four or five Ryder cups where, the U.S. might be the ones uh, holding the cup at the end of the week. So it was good to see. Um, and how they won was, was fantastic. Not much stress on Sunday. <laughs> no, I smoked them. Um, all right, let's talk some Auburn, uh, Auburn athletics, Auburn football. Um, we'll start with Auburn football um, because, I, you know, I think most people know that you are, you know, a big-time supporter, big-time follower. You pay attention. Um, you're connected to it, um, and, and you're well – versed in uh in in auburn football and what it takes to win and, and past coaches i know you had a friendship with gus malzahn and stuff and so um i guess just what have your impressions been you know we're heading into the iron bowl auburn six and five rough rough few weeks for auburn and brian harson um i guess first you know have you had an opportunity to meet him um and then past that just what are your impressions of him and what he's trying to do with with the program at this point yeah, I have not uh, been over there. I've not met Coach Harson. Um, I haven't been over at the facility. Um, I was good friends with Gus, and, and he extended, um, you know, a lot of hospitality towards my way. I pretty much was over there as, as much as I wanted to be, and that was great. And I got to see, you know, how things run in, in a big-time college football program. I haven't had that opportunity with Coach Harson. Um I like Coach Harson. I think he's a really good football coach. I think what he did at Boise State, extremely, extremely impressive. Um, you know, I think when we went through that search, I think we looked at some other guys at first, um, maybe that had Power 5 experience um, at some levels. Um, and when those leads kind of ended, I think Alan went with – possibly the best fit and the possibly the best resume. If you look at coach Harson's resume of non-power five schools, you can't really argue he would be the, the best guy. Um, watching him from a distance. I, I love the things that he talks about, about the process, um, the preparation, um, all those types of things. I'm very impressed with those things. Um, I think coming to Auburn right now in this situation is, is a difficult task for Harson and his staff. I think um, we talked a little bit off camera. Um, we've had a lot of attrition with our recruiting classes. Um, I think a lot of guys have left. Um, I would even say some attrition of talent. We've recruited highly ranked players um, that haven't really played at that ranking level. Now I'm not in the ins and outs of recruiting and um, how these kids are evaluated by these sites or these coaches, but as a fan, all I can go is it's off the ranking boards, right? Um, and as a fan, the ranking boards seem to be fairly accurate because when I watch those playoff games uh, at the end of the year, usually three of those teams are in the top five in those recruiting rankings. You know, we can all pick out, it's usually Bama, Georgia, 
Oklahoma, Ohio State. And then there's always a curveball team. Maybe it's Notre Dame. Maybe it's Oregon. Maybe it's, you know, there's always a random fourth team. But, you know, Georgia's always in the mix. Bama's always in the mix. Ohio State's always in the mix. Oklahoma's always in the mix. Those teams always recruit the best to me. So um, I think the the roster is a little depleted of talent, in my opinion. Um, and I think it's a tough situation. We play Alabama. We play Georgia. Um, we play Texas A&M. Come up strong on the rise in their recruiting, and and that coincides with their program getting better. We play LSU every year, who's had a couple down years, but they generally recruit and have a very high uh, talent level on their team. So it's tough when you play those four teams every year, in my opinion, and you're kind of behind on the talent level. So how do we get better with the recruiting would be my first question. You know, is the new facility going to help us that much? Um, It's not surprising that he struggled a little bit. A lot of first year coaches struggle coming in, um, putting their culture in place. Um, He doesn't really have a relationship past this year with these kids. So I'm sure there's a little bit of a dynamic there. Um, you know, and I'm not really judging him so much on his first year, but I, I, I'm a little concerned about how recruiting is going for him. I want to see how that's going to finish out because I think talent wise, when we play these schools that are these big names in college, we play them every year. We don't have the luxury of seeing Georgia in the playoffs. We play them every year. (laughs) You know know what I mean? So I think Auburn's a tough job. Um, I would, I, I think he can do a good job. I think a lot of it's going to be based on him. What can he do to recruit at a higher level? How can we get that, that done? Um, and if we can't recruit at a higher level, what can we do to, to balance that out a little bit? And I always look at offenses. You know, I look at somebody like Lane Kiffin or Mike Leach or, or some of these explosive offenses, they balance that talent gap out by doing dynamic, creative things on offense. And I don't, I don't quite see that with Auburn and what he has uh, going on right now. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, from what you kind of – I think you talked about it a lot about what, what Auburn sort of needs as a program. One of the things that I like about Harson is I think – from simply an approach perspective and a culture perspective, I I like what I hear and see from him. I think that, I think he's a guy that can build a program, build a consistent program. Um, You know, he did it, he didn't build it in Boise, but he kept it going. But I just think a lot of the things that he expects and the standards that he expects um, to me say, he's gonna be consistent and his program's gonna be consistent. Um, obviously he has to, he has to recruit and he has to hire the right assistants and you got to land the the right coordinators. Like that's massive, but I do like him in terms of, I think what Auburn wants, which is just a consistent compete consistently and don't have, you know, don't play the roller coaster game, which I think is what we got with, with Gus Malzahn. We had some great years and then we had some Birmingham bowl years and it was just the, it was just a lot of that. Um, and so I think that's what Auburn fans would like differently, like just, Show me that every year we're not going to have holes in recruiting. We're not one year going to have no offensive linemen or things like that. Um, and so what, what shocked me, though, man, is is the last three weeks has been obviously rough. 
And I don't know if it's the landscape of college football. You know, you got LSU and Florida and USC, all these like firings are just happening seven games into the season. And I don't know if it's just caused Auburn fans to just immediately look at Harson at the same time period of these losses and go, well, do we have the right guy? It's been weird. I'm like, if, if we're in a world where one year in, less than one year, the season's not even done. And you're talking about whether or not he's the right guy. It's just, I don't know what to do with that. I mean, Harson had leads in these games. He They blew the lead. Like, it's not like, like a yeah. was a bad loss, but they're up. They just blew the lead against State. They blew it against Carolina. I don't know. What, like, what's your take on just kind of? I think I think some of it is the landscape of college football. I yeah. think these universities are paying out so much money to these coaches, and it's hard to get a return on that. Let's just be honest. There's only one team that can win the national championship. There's only going to be one team that can win an SEC championship. So, um, you know, when you're starting to dole out. Five million plus. Um, a lot of these schools are state employees, or, or a lot of the schools are state schools. So these guys are state employees, and they're making five, six, seven, eight million dollars. Um, they want results quick. You know, um, they don't want to see regression. Um, so I think some of it has to do with the landscape. Um, it's shocking to me. Like I don't know Dan Mullen. I've watched Dan Mullen from afar. He seems to be a pretty good college coach, a great offensive mind, um, you know, a little brash here and there, I think, with the media at times. I think that rubs some folks the wrong way. But the guy went to the SEC championship game last year, and I believe they lost by six points to the team that won the national championship. And then uh, nine months later, he's fired. And they're paying him to leave, which is amazing to me too. So I think, you know, I think the landscape of college football is – is tough. I think the money that these guys are making, people demand results, but I don't know how uh, accurate it is to demand those results. It's hard. I mean, you know, like I just told you, when we watch the end of the year, it's the same teams that we're having the same conversations about for those final four spots. Um, This year, Cincinnati's that wild card team, I would say, but it's probably going to be like Georgia, Ohio State, Notre Dame, Alabama, Cincinnati. Those are basically the five teams. Um, and four of those five teams are always involved in the conversation. So it's hard. Um, I think, you know, I don't, I don't have, I don't think Auburn fans should be worried about, Oh, we have to fire the coach because of the last three weeks. Um, you know, I think, uh, you know, last week was a weird week. I thought the defense played pretty well. They gave up 21 points. Seven of those was on a short field. Um, but the offense struggled. You know, they weren't able to put up points. I didn't see the Mississippi State game. Uh, I was traveling. But obviously some things happened. But I think that's where someone like Mike Leach is an advantage for a school like Mississippi State, right? You can't tell me that – Will Rogers is a more talented player than Bo Nix, but because of what Mike Leach runs, he he made Will Rogers successful and was able to, you know, score a lot of points in the second half and win a football game. That's what Mike, that's what those coaches will get you. They may not get you 10 wins every year, but Mike Leach is going to beat LSU last year. He's going to beat Auburn this year. Um, you know, and and I think if if Auburn can't recruit with 
the Bamas and the Georgias and the LSUs and the Texas A&Ms now. Like they've they've hired a huge coach in Jimbo Fisher. They have a huge amount of money to support him and what he needs to do. Like they're a factor in the West going forward, in my opinion. Um, Auburn needs to to figure out how can we be more dynamic on offense. You know, how can we play with tempo? How can we get the ball out on time? Um, how can we play fast? You know, I think that's one of the biggest things that Gus Malzahn struggled with um, is when he stopped playing fast, right? That was an advantage for him. Mm-hmm. And whether it was the rules or a change in philosophy, I don't know, but the offense struggled once he stopped playing fast. So I think, I think for Coach Harson to be successful, he's got to recruit at a comparable level as to what Gus did. Um, maybe even a little better. I'm hoping that the new facility um, will help that. I'm hoping that NIL uh, things will will help. I'm hoping the university gets involved with the NIL thing um, so that they have, you know, um, these opportunities for these kids. I mean, the ones where the kids just kind of get it on their own, that doesn't really help Auburn in any way, you know, they're, they're hiring agencies or w- whatever they're doing. And, and, you know, Bo has got a deal with Milo's or whoever that doesn't really help the university or recruiting. It's helping Bo Nicks, but how does Auburn make it to where the NIL becomes beneficial for them in the recruiting game? You know, I think is super, super important. And then I would like to see them, you know, find a way to be more dynamic, in, in the offense, especially the passing game. Um, I think you look perfect example is Matt Corral. You know, Matt Corral was pretty average or possibly below average SEC quarterback before Lane Kiffin got there. Um, and you saw some improvements last year and now all of a sudden he's in the Heisman speaking, you know, I think Bo Nix, Matt Corral. I mean, I would even say Bo Nix probably more talented than Matt Corral, but, um, being in different systems, it, it, it shows out differently. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Um, yeah, I mean, I agree with a lot of the things you said. The NIL is interesting. I mean, Auburn's going to have to harness that and, 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 and I think do a, uh, a better job. And we, we've seen some NIL deals, um, but, but yeah, I think Auburn's going to have to, and I think everybody's trying to figure that out. I think that's where Auburn is. I think they're trying to figure out how to manage it, how to use, you know, elevate the players, but also use it to their advantage and say, we can, we have a structure that we can create these opportunities for you. The right. facility will be big. Um, I mean, that's, that's a game changer, that facility when it's done, that's a, that's a big time deal, man. That's going to be a fantastic thing to show kids and show recruits. And so um, that's, a, that's a, when people talk about Harson and can he recruit? No, well, we'll let him have, let, let's get into that, man. Let's, 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 uh, that thing's going to be big. Um, what do you? I mean, I'm just gonna be honest with you. Like the where Auburn is right now is is to me is kind of an odd place. And I know you're. I know you know people up there, and you're connected and all that. So I don't, I'm not gonna put you in any weird situations. You can say whatever you want to say. But um, 
it's an odd situation the way the way the Gus Malzahn era ended. Um, you know, Kevin Steele and that whole situation, and then and then Alan Green, like you said, kind of goes out and, and gets it. Brian Harson, um, who I think in a lot of ways is a good fit for Auburn. I do. I like. I, there's a lot of things about. I mean, I've heard not just me. I've heard um, a lot of people involved compare him to Pat Dye in his approach and how he looks at football. Like I've heard good things about how he, how he wants to build a program. Like I think his personality, I think what he believes in, like, I think there's a lot of good, good things there. Um, but you know, the, the, the situation with Alan green is let's, let's, I think we all at this point know that is up in the air. Um, and so I just wonder about where Harson's at, where Auburn's at, I just I think Harson needs a win, man. Not saying he has to beat Alabama, but he needs he needs a maybe a bowl win. He needs positive momentum. He needs recruiting. He needs a good, you know, hiring some good coordinators. He just needs to get some positive momentum going. Cause I feel like we're just sort of in this transition period of people that wanted Gus to stay, people that wanted Kevin Steele, people that maybe didn't want Harson, and then Alan Green wanted Harson, but Alan Green might not be here. So it's just there's a lot of going on. You know what I mean? There's a lot going on. Harson needs, which I think is more the more reason why fans need to take a time out on. Don't worry about everything happening on the outside. Like I get that you're like, oh, everybody's getting a coach. You know, just yeah. you got a. I think a coach that knows what it's going to take to build a winner. Like let's just give him an opportunity here. I don't know what's what's your yeah, take on think, kind of where everything's at. I think at? one point that I will make um, is that Auburn people, Auburn fans. Um, even people that work in the athletic department, in my opinion, are very concerned about what other schools are doing more than they should be, right? right. Um, you know, I don't ever think about Alabama and what they're doing other than one day a year. I don't really care what they're doing. It, it, it has no effect on Auburn. You know, I think, I think Auburn needs to focus on what can we do better to be better. You know, um, I think, like you said, you can get very distracted with all these things happening in Florida, LSU, Georgia, you know, Bama, all these things. Right. And, and it doesn't help that, you know, Alabama's built this great dynasty and they're our biggest rival. And I get that you want to be at that position. But, you know, focusing and fixating on what other schools are doing, I think, is, is very harmful to Auburn and, and what we're trying to achieve. Um, I would agree with you that patience could be pretty thin with coach harson um one year fine two years probably fine but if after that third year the wins aren't coming i could see people kind of losing their patience with him that make the decisions uh for auburn and the athletics you know like you said there's a lot of there's a little bit of division like you said there's some people that think gus probably should have been given another year um, there's some people that want a Kevin Steele. There's some people that are good with Coach Harson. So it's a little divided right now, and, and all those things will play out how they play out. Um, you know, Gus is gone. Gus, I think, did a great job at Auburn for, for a period of time. If you look at what Gus did, um, he's only been a head coach for like nine years, I think. There's not a lot of people that have a, a resume that says what his does after nine years, maybe ten years. I don't You'd have to look at that. It's nine or ten years he's been a head coach. Um, he did, he did a lot of great things here, but I will agree that his time had probably 
you know, his time had probably come up and it was probably time to look for a new, new guy. Um, so we'll see how it plays out. I'm with you. I think Harson needs a win some way, somehow. I don't know how recruiting is going. I can only look at the rankings and what the rankings say. So that's discouraging to me. But maybe he has um, some guys lined up in the next couple of weeks that will improve that and, um, you know, make that happen. Maybe he needs a bowl win. Maybe it'll be a good thing to go to our lesser bowl, um, have a talent advantage and win. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you. He needs a win. Um, I think next year will be pretty pivotal. Um, he's got to make some decisions. You guys talked about it yesterday. Um, on the J boy show, he's got to make some decisions. I think as a head coach, it's a new experience for him in the sec, right? You, you assess what went right, what went wrong, what changes evaluate. Um, I think he's, he's, he's going to evaluate some things and, I mean, he already fired one coach this year, so he doesn't seem to have a problem firing people no. if he feels like it's not the right um, situation. So we'll see. I, I can't imagine that when he looks back week after week, uh, especially the last couple of weeks, not so much against Mississippi State, but a little bit against Mississippi State because they had opportunities to take that lead back and couldn't get it. Um, I wouldn't say that he's overly excited about what the offense has done the last couple of weeks. No. Um, you know, um, you know, and people, people will say, Oh, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. And that's fine and dandy. But when defenses know that all you can really do is run the football, they load the box. And then all of a sudden it becomes harder to run the football. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I know against South Carolina, it looked pretty easy, but maybe there were some adjustments made by South Carolina that they felt like, oh, they're loading the box, they're getting different looks. Let's take some chances in the passing game. But um, for me, in Auburn football, I, I think Coach Harson can be a good fit. Like I said, I love the things that I hear and see about his approach to um, the way he manages it. I feel like he's more of a CEO. Um, I think he hires people and lets them do their jobs, but, but, you know, doesn't micromanage and, and has a holistic approach to what guys are doing. I think that's a great way to go about it. And, and he's, he's trying to develop a culture um, and, and get his system in place. And I think those are great things. I think, you know, we've touched on, it. I think he, he needs to recruit at a high level that has to happen in the SEC. He has to be excited about it. He has to be passionate about it because those other coaches are excited and passionate about it. They live it every day because they know that's what makes the difference in the SEC. Um, and, and I would like to see him find a way to be more dynamic, more explosive on the offense side of the ball, you know? Yeah. It's going to be hard to recruit with the Alabamas and the Georgias. So sure. I think you, you, you got to, you got to kind of throw some tricks of the trade in there, so to speak. You know, I, I don't know if you can play pro style at the talent disadvantage that we have. It's just hard, right? Yeah, you're about to you're about to see what that looks like uh, this Saturday. Of course, Auburn's got a backup quarterback, and and um, you know, I think Carson's got to close the gap in the trenches. That's probably his biggest challenge to me. Um, in in where Gus left Auburn, I think I think both sides of the trenches. I think you have to close the gap somehow. That's where the game's won and lost, and especially right now, yeah, the the, the talent's just being gobbled up, and so you got to stay close there, or all the all the talented receivers don't matter. I mean, you can look at you know 
whether it's Xavion Capers or Kobe Hudson or Javaris Johnson. I mean, these are all Gus landed yeah. four stars there. Yeah. But if the line's not there, if the trenches aren't there, then none of that stuff yeah. uh, is going to Not enough time to throw the football, I yeah. think, in that, in that style. I think when Auburn's successful in the passing game, uh, whether it's Bo Nix or whether it's TJ Finley this year, the ball's out quick. It's out on time. Um, the routes are, you know, fast developing routes. Um, when we've struggled the most is obviously every team struggles when you're in third and long situations um, and, and plays that take time to develop, right? Because we don't have the offensive line protection that maybe we need for those types of plays to develop. Yeah. Um, and, I, and, and I think on defense, you know, I think Derek Mason's taken a lot of heat, but um, I think it's challenging for, for Derek Mason to find ways to get pressure on the quarterback, right? Um, we don't win a lot of the one-on-ones. Everybody would love to have the luxury that Georgia does and rush four and drop seven and get pressure, right? That's, that's the model. If you can rush four, get pressure, and drop seven, yeah. it makes it hard for the other team, right? Um, I think Derek understands that maybe we don't have as much talent on the defensive line to rush the passer, so he's going to play a lot more coverage. And, and try to keep it in front of you, so to speak. So, yeah, I'm with you. I think offensive line, defensive line, huge needs uh, for Coach Harson, um, and, and maybe a little change in philosophy on offense. How can we, how can we, you know, score some points, be a little bit more explosive, you know, trick some people a little bit with some route combinations and things like that. I watch a lot of football, and um, – you know, the teams that don't have the talent, they run a lot of different stuff than what I see Auburn running. Yeah, yeah. If if, if Auburn's going to stay uh, in this style, um, which, you know, I don't have a whole lot of problems with, the offensive line's got to be rebuilt. Um, that That's mm-hmm. the part that's lacking with, with, with them. Um, and they, they and then they need some more playmakers at wide out, but it needs to start on that on that offensive line. You, you said something a second ago that I think was an important point, and it reminded me of – a, a something that Brian Harson said, gosh, I don't know, like in August, in the fall, some, something very, very early on. And he said, um, since he was hired, he goes, you know, after he was hired for a certain period of time, he goes, all I heard about was Alabama, Clemson, LSU. He okay. goes, he goes, he goes, we got to fix Auburn first. Yeah. We got to get our own affairs in order and we got to build our own program. And I think people need to be reminded of that you know now like i i'm almost going yeah. to go find that quote from from harson and like retweet it because it's yeah. it, he was you know and it, it was just uh and even he said it the other day about the iron ball he said the first question he was asked after he gave his introductory press conference the first thing somebody said was something about the the iron bowl in alabama and right. uh, he understands that but he's he's a I, I just think his personality is exactly what auburn needs he's not yeah. caught up in you know he he obviously liked wants to be at Auburn and he thinks a lot of Auburn, but he, 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 the way he thinks he's not, I don't know. He doesn't think necessarily like somebody that's been in the Auburn bubble for, 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 yeah. for a decade. He, he's right. coming from the outside and going, guys, we, we, I, I mean, I understand Bama. I get it, but we got to do things. We got to figure out some things in our own house and figure out things. And then we don't need to be talking about, well, look, look, look at Alabama so good. Georgia's so good. And what, who's else are you going to hire? He's like, that's yeah. not, what are y'all doing? That's, not that's, why, I like, that's why I like him so much. Yeah. Yeah. One of my, 
least favorite things Auburn people do is root against Alabama and Alabama football games. I'm like, why do you even care? Why does it matter? Yeah. Uh, I don't, the, the week uh, they lost to Texas A&M, uh, who do, I think we lost too. Did we play? I think we played Georgia that week. Might have been. Yeah. Oh, so I had friends yeah. over and uh, we lose to Georgia. So they're upset. Right. But then it was almost like Alabama losing to Texas A&M would override the loss that we just had to Georgia and made them happy again. Like, you, you know what I mean? I'm like, yeah. so you'd rather have Alabama lose games than Auburn win games. Like, doesn't make any sense to me. But, yeah. um, you know, I didn't grow up in Alabama, so I don't have that, you know, deep-rooted sense of hate and passion and all these things that go on with the Auburn Alabama um, rivalry. I'm an Auburn guy. I went to school here. I love Auburn. And I try to focus on what can Auburn do better um, and not worry about all these peripheral things that are going on. So I don't know. We'll see how. I, obviously, uh, we don't know what's going to happen on Saturday. I know a lot of people like to talk about, oh, we know this. We know how things are going to play out. But in sports, you just don't. Um, clearly it'll be a challenging game on Saturday. I think most people will say that Alabama has an advantage, but that's the great thing about sports. Um, sometimes the advantage doesn't matter as much. So we'll see, maybe that'll be a win that will help Parson going forward. Um, we need some momentum for sure. Uh, especially going into this recruiting period. Um, I think this new recruiting period has made it really, really difficult with this early signing. Um, if you're not on top of it early, there's not much left afterwards. I think I read somewhere of the top 300 guys last year, 240 signed on the early period. So now you're stuck with, you know, 60 of the top 300 left. So it's slim pickings after this first one. I will say one thing about Auburn recruiting that they've done well is we, we seem to be able to develop, you know, the guys outside of the top 200 really well if you look at a lot of guys that we've had in the past 10 years or so I think Gus did a great job with that um you know guys like Roger McCreary who's playing right now um someone like Seth Williams who was an all SEC player um uh, McLean the linebacker wasn't you know top I think we do really really well with developing you know less ranked players in the recruiting um but I still think we we, we need to try and get we need to figure out how we can get more top 200 guys. I don't know how that happens, um, but I know the teams that have the most two top 200 guys are generally playing at a pretty darn high level. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. I think, uh, I think um, winning one, I think this football facility and NIL are, are massive parts of, they can bring a kid in and go and, you know, and, and show them this brand new football facility. And then at the same time say, Hey, also we have it. We have a complete NIL plan in place. This is how we, set our players up. This is the opportunities that we can get them. This is sort of how we handle it. This is how we promote yeah. you. That's where it's going. And so, and so yeah. Alabama has been doing that in terms of getting you to the, to the league. That's, that's been their pitch. They're just going, yeah. look, we're going to make you a millionaire. Look at, look at Auburn yeah. needs that with NIL, everybody now has an opportunity. You don't necessarily have to, the league is an important one, but you can also point and say, yeah, we, we're going to develop you for the league. We got plenty of players in the league, but we also can develop you as, 
an entrepreneur, we can, we can set you up. You can do a commercial. You can, you can, you know, you can expand that part of your personality. We have a whole team that'll help you. That's, um, that's going to be a big part of it. The key component. And I hope, you know, I hope we aren't behind on, I mean, we're just building a football facility. You know, there's, there's teams that have had these types of facilities for five plus years. You know, I think we missed, a big opportunity in 2010 with the national championship yeah. to, you know, fundraise, uh, start being, you know, start thinking forward about where things are going um, and could have been ahead of it, but we missed it. So I hope that we don't miss out on the NIL thing as well, because I think that'll even get us further behind. I think, you know, schools like Georgia and Alabama and LSU, how do they recruit? They recruit on, you know, we win championships here, you know, we're in championship um, conversations, NFL guys. I think, you know, we put a lot of guys in the NFL, our facilities are great. Um, And then I think the fourth thing that the kids look at is the relationships with the coaches. You know, I think we do great with that last one in the past, but the other three, not as great. So, so it's been, you know, hard. I think if we had a really good facility, um, I feel like the facility's got to be better than anybody's in all honesty, because of the first two components I talked about, right. Um, being in the conversation for championships, guys in the NFL probably lack behind these big schools that we recruit against, but if our facilities were better than theirs and our, you know, relationships with the coaches were better and then our NILs were better then you know, maybe we'd be more, more competitive. So they've got some things to figure out. Um, and and we'll see. <laughs> Let's talk. Uh, yeah, there's. Yeah, we will. We will see. Uh, it's going to be. It's always interesting uh, in Auburn. Let's talk about basketball real quick before we uh, get out of here. Um, Bruce Pearl has a top twenty-five team. They're heading to the Bahamas. That'll be a fun tournament. They play UConn. Could potentially play Michigan State. We'll see how far they go. Um, what are just your impressions? And I know you've been to basketball games. I'm a huge basketball guy, so I really enjoy. Um, a good basketball team and a good basketball atmosphere and what Auburn is and Auburn arena, man, Auburn, I think Auburn basketball games over the past three, four years to me personally, they're more fun for me than a football game. I think the atmospheres at Auburn basketball games and really good games when it's packed out inside that arena are phenomenal, but just what, what what have been your impressions of Bruce Bruce and what they got going on? Bruce has done an amazing job changing the culture, changing the trajectory of the program. Right. Um, it's a thing to go to a basketball game now. When I was in school, not so much. Um, we had, I think, right at the end of my years when Chris Porter, I see that Sports Illustrated behind you there, uh, when they had those two good years and, and it became a little bit more popular for people to go. Um, but, you know, it, it was not a thing to do in Auburn for a while. So it's become a thing, and, and there's a lot of um, – great atmosphere and, and excitement around the basketball program. I think he did a great job this year in the, in the transfer portal. I think uh, the transfer portal is very valuable in basketball, maybe more so than football. I think football is, it's okay. I think the top teams are probably going to, you know, use the the transfer portal to their advantage more than somebody like Auburn. Auburn can, Auburn did pretty good. I like a couple of the guys they got this year. Uh, the linemen from Northwestern and, and Kaufman, I think, were good additions. They're, they're good players, but they're not going to change the trajectory of your program, so to speak. Um, I think in basketball, if you get some of these kids in the transfer 
portal, it can change how your season goes pretty, pretty dramatically. Um, I think basketball is a little bit easier with the recruiting because you only play in five kids starting maybe another three or four. So if you get like one superstar and then a couple comp complimentary pieces, then it's a lot easier in basketball to, you know, take off. I'm, I'm excited for the team. I think they should be a, a top 25, top 15 team all year long, have a lot of success and, um, you know, trying to win championships. I would, I would assume that their goals over there are to, have a competitive season, um, get into the SEC tournament and, and compete to win that and get in that NCAA tournament and, and onto the Sweet 16 or better would, would be my guess. Um, he's got a lot of talent over there, and, and he's done a great job um, getting people excited about Auburn basketball. You still go to a bunch of basketball games, right? Uh, occasionally. I haven't gone as much. Uh, the season's hard for me. Um, I don't. You know, usually SEC season starts like in January That's true, and yeah. I leave. Um, and then the last couple of years, it's like the week I've been home, they've been like on the road both days. Um, I'll get to a handful of games. I think I'm going to go to a couple after Thanksgiving. Um, I think there's one. Is there one before January this year? I think they play LSU first game. Yeah, maybe real early. Yeah. Like the 29th or something. So I'll go check them out. I, I follow them. Um, I'm not. A huge basketball guy i generally gravitate towards football a little bit more yeah but i will follow them um i'll watch a game here and there i'm not going to change my plans to watch a game but um you know if, if i'm on if i'm at home and the game is on tv i'll watch it um if they're playing a good opponent i'll go up to the arena um so i want to go check them out this year though because they seem to have some exciting pieces and and have a chance for a real good season yeah, they should. They should. Uh, I mean, obviously, you know, Jabari Smith is worth is worth the price of admission. He'll be gone after this year. He'll go top ten in the, in the NBA draft, and and um, and Walker Kessler's is fun to watch. Um, and then they need Alan Flanagan back. He's a fantastic player. When he's back healthy, this team will change again. And I think that's when you'll see what they're fully capable of um, with Alan Flanagan. Him and Jabari Smith and Kessler, like that's. Especially, him, yeah, and him and Jabari specifically on offense, um, it's that's that's they'll be really really good. So um, we'll see how they fare in the Bahamas. They need to be, they need to be roughed up a little bit. They need to go. They need to win a game in the Bahamas, but they need to go get. They need to go get put in the fire. Um, the quicker the better for some of these transfers and some of this this team. They just need to figure some things out. And so it, even if there's some rough, rough patches, it won't be a bad thing. Um, and so we'll, we'll kind of see how they, uh, how they develop. Um, well, man, I, look, man, I appreciate you coming on. I, I want to have you on again soon. Um, as soon as we can. And, uh, um, yeah, no problem. You got, uh, you got my info and, you know, I'm happy to oblige when I have time yeah. just to check out, uh, the state, the current state of Auburn athletics or, uh, whatever else you want to dive into. Um, you know, I don't think I'm definitely discouraged a little bit. And I think I'm a little apathetic at times um, with the football team and, and the, the, the things that have been going on. Um, but I'm hopeful that, you know, we can turn the corner, obviously, six and five, possibly six and six, even seven and five. You know, nobody's really excited about that. Um, but 
we'll we'll see. I think I think recruiting's got to be big. I think you know maybe there's some people in the transfer portal that can make a difference. Um, you know, and I think I think he'll make some adjustments with his coaching staff. Honestly, um, I don't think he can be too excited about how that's gone. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll see on Saturday how it goes. Um, I think it'll be a good indication of where the kids are at and how they feel about the staff. Uh, if they show out and fight and compete, that's one thing I will say about Gus. Um, I never really saw a team quit on Gus. In all honesty, yeah. they, they played hard for him. They they like that guy. Um, evident in four or five guys actually leaving here and going to play for him at Central Florida. Um, so um, I'd like to see how the team responds to the last couple of weeks going to the Iron Bowl. Are they going to let Alabama just come in and do whatever they want? Um, or are they going to, you know, the Georgia game, I thought Auburn, Auburn kind of hung in there. A couple plays here and there could have been a little tight. They played hard. They fought hard. They didn't lay down until, you know, it was six minutes to go and it was 34 to to 13 or whatever it was, you know, and, and the game's pretty much over. So if we can, if I can see that, that would be encouraging because uh, I do worry about those, you know, how are the kids responding to the new, new staff, the new coaches? I think this will be a good, opportunity to see you know what's going on behind the walls a little bit and in yeah. that locker room how are the kids feeling you know I think that matters I know I know a lot of the old school folks will say that doesn't matter who cares how they feel they're here to play football but um, in this day and age it matters how the kids feel about those things because um, you know it's just how it is it's a different day and age yeah no it's going to be it's going to be interesting. I told people on our board, I said, you know, they're asking about transfers and things like that on our message board. And I'm like, you know, honestly, I'm, I'm not too worried about it. I mean, I think if, if Harson's a very particular guy and, and so, you know, honestly, if, if there's attrition, I think you should take it as a positive um, because if they can't, you know, Harson, you, you're going to have to be a very specific player to, um, to play to the standard of what Harson's going to expect. And if there's guys that leave, just view that as a good thing. Um, and so, yeah, we'll see Saturday. I agree with you about players and, and under Gus and generally played hard. I think this team's generally played hard. They just execution just went down the drain. But we'll see. We'll see. We'll see Saturday um, if if things start to go south and they get down fourteen or seventeen. What what happens? Um, yeah, I never worry about the, the attrition thing. You know, kids leaving. I never worry about kids leaving because if they leave, they don't want to be here. Yeah, but. It's also not a good thing for your roster, though. You know what right. I mean? Like not you got to replace them. Yeah. You're, Harson, year one to two, I'm you know I'm okay. To me, that's yeah. a sign of Harson, you know, cleaning out whatever you want to say. Yeah. That's a, you don't want to see that every year because then, right. then then there's something else. You get into you get into roster issues, and, yeah. and I think Auburn has a bit of a roster issue. They don't have a lot of seniors and juniors, and I know fifth year players isn't a big thing now, but I like fifth year guys. They've developed for a while. They've been here for a while. They're committed to the program. You know, you know what you're going to get from them. Um, we don't have a lot of that going on right now. we got a lot of young guys playing, honestly, uh, yeah. outside of offensive line. Yeah. Um, most of the defense is second, first year guys, couple of third year guys. Um, so, you know, I worry about that going forward. I think we gotta 
we got to get our numbers up a little bit. We got to keep guys in in the program. Auburn's always been a good program for developing guys, and when you get a heavy senior junior mix, they're real good. You know, the team with Cam was a lot of seniors and a lot of juniors. Uh, the team with uh, Jason Campbell and Carlos Rogers that was a lot of seniors and juniors. Um, and even the team with Nick Marshall when we went with FSU was a lot of seniors and juniors. Um, so when we're playing a lot of freshmen and second year freshmen and sophomores, I get a little worried. worried. Yeah. Not ideal. No, but not yeah, ideal. I appreciate your time. Um, and we can chat. Maybe we'll convene again after recruiting and reassess where we're at no uh, and go from there. No doubt, man. I appreciate it. Uh, have an awesome Thanksgiving. Um, and uh, for everybody listening, have an awesome Thanksgiving. And uh, we'll see everybody at the Iron Bowl. Hey, it's still – don't be discouraged, fans. Still go, man. Iron Bowl, no matter the records, it stands on its own to, to be there. It's an Iron Bowl. Uh, be there, make a difference. Um, and uh, Treat it as a social event if you must. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right, man, appreciate it. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. And uh, – We'll catch everybody next time. All right, guys. Thanks.